tell me what you really, really want. Hi, I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan. Welcome to Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. In these episodes, we connect with courageous women who are ready to share their healing journey stories. Forgiveness is all about connecting with our inner child, connecting with our heart, and realizing we can never go back and change the circumstances, but we can certainly gain a new perspective. Mindset is the crux of all that we do. It's a matter of the heart. Want to be a guest? Visit lisadrennan.com and sign up today. Would love for you to like, rate, and leave a comment on this episode. Be sure to share it with you know will resonate the most with it. Want to learn more about aligning your thoughts with your heart? Subscribe to my website and connect for a free discovery call where we dive into divine heart alignment. Welcome to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, empowerment mentor, author of Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life. Welcome to this series. This is May of 2022. For those of you listening or watching in the future, we are doing a series called Sharing the Secret, where beautiful, courageous woman, post-abortion, miscarriage, or loss of a child due to death or illness are coming on and sharing their stories, their healing journey, anything we hold on to, any kind of trauma, whether it be from loss or, you know, most of trauma is from loss. We've lost something, right? But when we experience that loss, if we don't grieve it, we don't heal. In order to heal, we must reveal to heal. And these women are brave enough to share their stories. And um, our beautiful guest today is Trinity Bonner. She is a child of God, and she is learning to walk in alignment with him. When I was first starting my healing journey, I didn't even trust God. So to be able to be in alignment with him and walk with him and to know it's all about a relationship, not about religion, is a huge part of the healing journey. She not only walks by faith, but by sight, and she knows that he is going to order her steps. She has an incredible story of being a former addict she has had. She is off of 15 different meds and now is on a total wellness journey using plants in nature that God provides for her, even though she has three autoimmune diseases. So thank you so much, Trinity, for being here, for sharing your story. Um, you have this beautiful, incredible journey and you've experienced so many things physically, emotionally, Tell us what was life like before you began um, this journey, before you, I mean, you have so many different things you talk about. I don't know. We're going to let the Holy Spirit lead us. We don't know if we're going to talk about, you know, what was it like before you're pregnant? I mean, you're a mom now. You have how many children? Um, I have five, but only uh, f- uh, three. Yes, three are here. Um, two are in heaven. Um, so yes, you're right. There's just so much going on and, and it's best just to let the Holy Spirit lead because, um, we're talking about the healing of my, um, abortion that I didn't talk about for 15 years and I'm now coming out 
And then I just recently, in September 23rd, I had a son that died from fentanyl poisoning. So not only am I grieving one death 15 years later, well, I would say 17 years later now, um, of the abortion, I'm also grieving the death of my son who died and passed away from fentanyl poisoning. So um, I think, you know, it's you said, just, what was my life before I got pregnant? Um, well, um to be honest with you, there's, there's no good memories. Um, so I'm going to read so I can stay focused because I do, like I said, I was talking about autoimmune diseases. I do have ADHD and that's something that the Lord works with me on. So it's best that I always try to stay focused and, uh, always, um, read my notes so I don't go off in left field. <laughs> um, so, well, there really isn't a lot of good memories. I was broken and chewed up and spit out by the enemy. Uh-oh. Is connection bad? Okay. All right. So um, I, instead of, uh, you know, like I'm grieving two children. And so right now um, we're going to talk about my abortion that I had. And I had that abortion 17 years ago. It took me 15 years to talk about it. Um, so what was life before I became pregnant? Um, that I can't really honestly say that there's too many good memories. Um, I was broken and chewed up and spit out by the enemy running rapid in my life. I had no direction. I lived in fear and wanted to end my life. And I used every drug, sex, whatever I could to fill the void in my heart. I was on a mission to take my life and with destructive behavior, I left my past. I let my past define me instead of letting it refine me. I was scared, hurt, angry, lost, bitter, and broken. Um, once I found out that I was pregnant, this is how I responded. And I, I'll tell you how I responded, how I felt if I had a support network, because I didn't. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, I told the father and he told me if I did not abort this baby, he would kill my living children and make it look like an accident. Side note, those two kids that were alive then has since one is passing fentanyl and the other one was on life support that God brought out of and left doctors confused. I had no support network at all. Matter of fact, no one knew what about the abortion until 15 years later. I kept it a secret for that long. For 15 years, I held it in. Nobody knew. Um, you, were, I could, you already had two children at that point? Yes, I had two boys and at that time. And then you found time. yourself pregnant. And then, you saw your, and then one, while you were pregnant, the year one son was on life support? Um, no, what happened? Um, so what happened was when I found out I was pregnant, that guy threatened to make it look like an accident. He was, if I didn't abort this child, that he was going to make sure that those other two children died somehow. And so wow. kind of what I was just saying was now kind of fast forward many years from now, um, those two children that was threatened with that, um, one has passed since with fentanyl. And then one of them was on life support, um, a year ago. So I guess I'm wow. kind of tying up just how cut crazy, uh, full circle, how things go in the healing process and what, how the Lord brings me through things, I guess, is what I'm kind of my thing that I'm doing. Um, let's see. I'm just looking at my notes. Cause like I said, if I don't stay focused, yeah. then I'll go up somewhere so, else. Uh, 
So here you are pregnant and being threatened, your family's being threatened and you're like, I mean, whose life do you choose? You know, it's, yeah, it's just such a horrible, I mean, I can't even imagine being in that sense of danger. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally, and, you know, this is something that you were connected with that you trusted, you know, and now you, now here you are. And, you know, so shortly what happened after that, you obviously made the decision. So tell us more about that. Yes, it was, um, I, I made a decision to, um, go ahead with an abortion. Um, I had no support network at all. Um, matter of fact, no one, like I said, no one knew about the abortion as much as I hate to admit it, but this is just how much the devil's a liar. I convinced myself I was doing the right thing. Because the guy that got me pregnant had a history of children being born with an extra chromosome, which is Down syndrome. There was no way I could, in my head, this is what I'm telling myself, and this is why it's important, that I, I think it's important to talk about. So many people, so many women, they feel trapped. They feel like they have no way out. They, you know, and this is what was going through my head. I was like, there's no way that I could raise a child with disabilities, no way. But come full circle, I have a 12 year old that has a disability now. So I was capable. But that is one of the reasons it, what I did what I was doing in my mind is I was oh, making it OK to have it. I was like, OK, well, you know, there's no way I'm capable of doing this. I'm also saving those other two children's life. But the fact of the matter is, is really it's not OK. But see, we live with that guilt and that hurt and that shame and thinking that that will be judged. And the fact of the matter is, is because there's a lack of support systems, knowledge, um, any way for somebody to help and come. If I had, if I would have had somebody in my corner, like if I would have went and had where I went to have that abortion and there would have been actual, instead of them pushing it, actual counseling. Now they say they have counseling, but it's a one-sided counseling. It's one-sided. Yeah, it's a push to agenda. It yeah. It's exactly to push counseling on this is what to expect now, but doesn't counseling on what to expect years later, how it, how the body keeps a score and how it comes out sideways because you're so afraid to, you know, full of shame and guilt to admit that you had one. And then if you do, you don't have Mm -hmm. anyone safe to talk to about it. And, you know, like, I mean, I, I work, I'm an empowerment mentor for post-abortion ladies and they don't want to come out and, and reveal, they don't want to share their hurt. And a lot of them will say, you know, I don't want to hurt the people in my family, but in the meantime, they are hurting the people in their family because they're not sharing that experience. And when we don't, you know, whatever we stuff explodes, you know, it's like that little right. pot. Eventually it's going to burst open and it's going to come spewing out hot and vicious. Because <laughs> what happened was I, they sedated me. I was sedated and um, I wanted to stop it, but I couldn't. I could just hear what was going on. And um, I wanted to say, hey, I changed my mind. Don't want to do it. But I was so sedated that I couldn't stop it. And that was that was another thing that I had to live with because there was no going back. There was there was just there was no I couldn't I couldn't. And I and like you what you said, our body keeps score. So for that many years that I held on to that, did not tell anybody about that. And replay the sounds of what it sounded like 
with that procedure happening and that child being taken, I could hear and I pushed, I dissociated to protect myself so I can go on to be any type of a person or mother or function in society. I suppressed all of that. And um, that is just an amazing story in itself because with me suppressing that, it hindered my relationship that I have with my 17 year old daughter that is living because Mm -hmm. she would ask me where, you know, when are you going to give me a sister? When is this? And, and um, I was like, I don't work that way. I was, and then she would ask me, how come I didn't name, name her after me, Trinity. And I would snap. And so, cause I never dealt with that hurt and that pain. It projected itself in all areas of my life. And now begins the healing process to where, like you just saw my, that was my 12 year old in the background. I was able to tell the kids and say, look, you know, this happened. Mom did this. Please forgive me. And they were able to grieve their sister. They were able, you know, they drew pictures and my daughter actually uh, did uh, Trinity. She put, cause what happened was I started dealing with this trauma and I actually went to, it's called surrendering the secret at my church. And that's when, that's when it came out. And that is why I say nobody knew about until 15 years later. Then I told my dad. So my dad now, 15 years, eight years later, is able to deal with the loss of a grandchild. And now my children are. And um, why that was important is because I dissociated so much. I did not even realize that I, I was told that it was a girl that I was carrying. And I did pick out a name. But I let that guy convince me that he would hurt my other children. But I, I suppressed that so much that I did not realize that I was taking it out on my only living, breathing daughter who is with me. And it caused a lot of tension without realizing why the tension was there. I mean, she could feel it, um, but she didn't know. I could, I didn't know until the healing took place. Right. Um, Because like you said, it was disassociated. And a lot of times we do, we turn to, you know, self-sabotage or, you know, people pleasing. We have some kind of coping mechanism and we automatically do it. You know, some people pour mm-hmm. themselves into a job, um, into volunteer work. Some people overeat, overdrink. You know, we, we all have different modalities that we turn to to help Absolutely. hide, you know, to help hide. And you had mentioned surrounding the secret. That's an actual um, biblical based healing program post-abortion. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. It was something okay. I put my church put on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amazing. Now your daughter's 17. Yes, ma'am. So did you find yourself pregnant shortly after you had the abortion or that is, that is a mystery. And that is, that is um, part of the story too, is uh, I don't know the timeline because what happened, I was in a very bad part of my, my life. I was an addict. I was promiscuous. I was all over the place. I was dealing with other trauma on top of that, that had happened in my life, childhood abuse and whatnot. And I was stuffing it with finding my worth in the bottom of a uh, an alcoholic drink uh, bottle or a pill or or in men or whatever. So um, the timeline of the pregnancy matches up to I could have possibly been pregnant with her, and she is a missed twin, and she was supposed to be aborted right along with her sister, or 
about, I think it was about a month, month and a half later, I had woke up in a hotel and I had been addicted to methamphetamine and I was out of my mind, not myself. I had no idea what was up or down. Um, I just had the trauma, the abortion, you know, all that. I totally went off the rails. I woke up one day with that hotel room and the door was wide open. I'm laying naked on the bed and I don't know what happened. Um, I have no clue. And I was, I, 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 um, my profession, I worked in a club, so I got drugs for free. And so I was groomed. Basically we're talking about like sex trafficking. We can, we can label it as sex trafficking. And, uh, I was groomed and I continued to suppress this trauma in my life. And I later found out I was pregnant. That's when I was like, and I, I don't know if I was always pregnant all along. Or like I said, I don't know if it if she was missed or if it happened in that hotel room. Um, so what I did is I actually went to a doctor that I did never been to. And I was like, I got to see somebody. And I said, I need help. You need to put me away because I don't want to harm this child because with drugs, especially methamphetamine, it gets a hold of you and you make some very poor decisions and it's not anywhere near the person that you truly are. And I did not want to hurt another child. And so they did put me in a facility. Um, I got clean off of drugs and my daughter's name now here, her name is Brianna Serenity Marie. She has two middle names and I named her Serenity because she helped bring that peace to my life. She saved me from myself. Um, True blessing from God. So um, there's a lot of trauma in that too, because like you said, our body keeps score. And so don't babies when they're in our womb as a scientific fact proven that they hear and feel everything that's going on when they're in their mother's stomach. Right. And um, right. there is some, some behavioral issues with her. And I don't know if it's connected or not, but that's fairly a new situation in my life that we're walking through. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot to deal with. And we can tell that you're very strong and definitely um, God has really worked on your heart and changed all of those things. And not knowing whether um, she is a twin or not is something you might never know this side of heaven, you know, but definitely um, when you unite with your children, you'll definitely find out such a such a beautiful story. And so for 15 years, did you struggle with the drugs and the addiction for that long, or was it kind of like in and out or? Oh man. It, yeah. Um, let's see after. Okay. We'll just look at, you know, so you I'm clean, staying you focused. Had, yeah. You had your, okay. you had your daughter and then you were clean. So were you able to stay clean? Um, I guess that's the no. question. Uh, yeah. At first um, I did not notice anything. It wasn't until, like I said, I took that group. Um, and I talked about how she begged me a sister. I had pushed all, so I pushed all my memories of the abortion down, like way down. Um, he, the Lord showed me that the child that I boarded was a girl. And so um, for 15 years, I continued, like I got clean off the methamphetamines, but I continued to, well, I'm not even going to look at my notes. We'll just let the Holy Spirit me. So after that happened, I got clean off the methamphetamines, but I still lied to myself and basically told myself that I can have a drink or two, or I can have this, or I can have that. And I continue to fill that void and, and that self-worth 
and, and alcohol or whatever. So I continued back and forth and I like basically was kind of a functional alcoholic, but, um, I, it, I'm talking about, it's probably been a year now that I have completely no drinking, no nothing, because I was using a lot of those self-sabotaging behaviors <laughs> to, um, basically cope to just, you know, make an excuse that, um, I didn't want to deal. That's what I'm trying to say. I didn't want to deal. I am a runner. The Lord showed me that I was a runner that, um, anytime a situation, because dissociation, I started that as a child with that trauma. So that was really easy for me to do. So I spent most of my life up until probably a year ago, we're looking at just, I would dissociate without even realizing I was dissociating. I mean, if any kind of a new thing came up, I was dissociating and a lot of my memory is bad. So, um, I, I did not deal with the hurt, like I said, um, up until I took that class. And now I'm forcing myself to turn and face the healing and the problems face on. Because what would ha- best analogy I can use? Okay, let me use this analogy. Imagine a, I don't know if you're a tea drinker or not, but you have a cup of tea. And the bag sits in there. The longer that it sits in that hot water, it, it strengthens the tea. And you can take the tea bag out and and you could dip it in, take it out, dip it back in and keep doing that. And eventually the tea will get stronger and eventually it will become how you want it to be or whatever, or you can let it remain in the hot water. And the analogy that I'm using from a real visual person is like with me, that is what the Lord has showed me. I have in the middle of the storm and his strength, as long as I remain and stay steadfast, that is the more he can strengthen me. But if I continue dipping myself in and out, going to what I know to be a comfort, whether it be alcohol, whether it be getting my worth from a guy or whatever it is, then that's the longer my healing process. I can't heal. I can't allow myself to be strengthened in that storm. So for me, that is how the healing process started with this surrendering the secret. I started realizing that I need to quit running Every time things get tough, because I would start to heal from something and I would think that I'm healed. And then another onion layer of the onion would be peeled back. I'm like, I'm not healed from that because I'm still crying. And how I knew that I was starting to truly get healing is when I could talk about something without having a panic attack. Yeah. And that happens. So to all of us, I mean, we want to heal and then we think, okay, I'm going to take that step forward and get healing. But then it you start to grieve and and it gets to be too much and you, you may not have the right support system. You might not be putting in the work, you know, it's easy. The triggers come. And if you don't have the right tools and you're not preparing yourself for those triggers, you end up, you know, I was always telling myself three steps forward, five steps back. It's like, why do I keep going backwards? It's just because I didn't have the right tools implemented at that time. And I learned over time that I needed to practice my gratitude every single day. I needed to meditate on God's word every single day. There's certain things I had to do every single day to be prepared. And even when it hits, I believe I had two abortions prior to 16. And I believe the first one was right around St. Patrick's day because every single March I go into this funk where I am just so angry and so depressed. And I mean, I cry, I'll get up and cry. I'll just cry everywhere I'm going. It's like, what is wrong with me? And, 
you know, I was always afraid, like, you know, everything I like, I enjoyed being angry. I liked my head spinning 360 degrees. I liked yelling and screaming. I mean, I have asthma and you yell and scream, you lose your voice. And I would get laryngitis for 10 days on end. And, you know, I don't know um, what it was like for you after the abortion physically, I bled for like eight weeks. I mean, it was like the bleeding was never going to stop. And it's just like, what am I going to hemorrhage forever? And, you know, just, and then having to go through it twice. I don't remember when the second one was one, but I'm sure if I listen to my body, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, but that when I started dealing with it, I remember the first time I shared my story, I was petrified and I thought, oh, people are going to judge me. And I actually got the opposite. People were very supportive, but I realized that as I grieved it every single year, I was added, God gave me a new tool. And he had given me these tools back in 1986, even though, you know, we didn't, we don't really, I didn't even know there was post-abortion Bible studies for people. I had no clue. I heard of um, Rachel's garden, um, but I never looked into that. And when I shared my story in my book, forgiving the girl inside, I had wrote the different modalities that I had used. And the first one was gratitude and scripture says in all circumstances, give thanks. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to start giving thanks. And it did a shift happened in my heart. And I started giving thanks and really appreciating things that I wouldn't even appreciate. Like the kids driving me crazy with dirty dishes and dirty clothes and mom, 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 (laughs) you know, it was funny (laughs) because when I first, um, you know, I, I was pregnant three times before the age of 17 and the third child, I was devastated after no one threatened to hurt me. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, the guy I was with just said, well, we're just going to get an abortion, you know, and back then it cost $500 and it's just like, okay. You know, like I was petrified to tell my parents, my parents were divorced, but there was a high stigma being from a Catholic Italian family. You just don't do that. You know, you don't have premarital sex and then get pregnant and tell people, well, years later, I found out that a cousin at 15 got pregnant. They sent her off to a different state so she can deliver her baby and give it the baby up for adoption. And I thought, well, I came my parents were entrepreneurs. So when they split up, they had to start all over again. My dad was rich. My mom was like poor. She was always complaining about money. So money was like one of my unhealthy coping mechanisms. This is another story in itself, but you know, we hit all the three big major things when we go through this trauma. And I always was taught that if you talk about it, you're going to relive it. And no one wants to relive that trauma. So when you started sharing it, did you find yourself reliving it or did you find yourself healing from it because you were sharing about it? Um, Briefly, I was reliving it. Um, It it became, it was, it, a lot of things were being brought up that I suppressed that I didn't remember, you know, like I didn't even realize I didn't really have the memory about it being a girl and I was going to name her Trinity because I had suppressed and dissociated it. And so much, because my biggest thing was I never could ever tell anybody this because of the limited beliefs that were spoken over me, not only by other people, but myself. And I always thought if I tell people I'm going to be a disappointment again, once again, there goes Trinity off the deep end, disappointing everybody being, you know, and so it's, at first, yes, I did. It helped bring back some memories that I had suppressed. But in order for those that for my healing to truly take place, I had to bring that up and then I had to bless and release it. So then the Lord can come in and he can renew me and make me new. And he forgave me and he loved me and he still loves me. And I'm seeing that in everything that I do of um, 
just, you know, waking up, like I said, you know, the, the death of my son that I'm grieving right now with the fentanyl, that was just September 23rd. I woke up every single day, um, terrified. I was actually irritated. I was like, really God, you, you know, really, you got to wake me up and, 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 you know, I have to relive, but what happened, it was all about my mindset and how I set my mind. and Roman eight, Romans eight kind of comes to, um, my thought it's, um, about what you're operating in. Are you operating in the flesh? Are you operating in the spirit mindset? And, um, I would think, see, like I said, I'm a visual person. You take the word flesh and say, you take out the word H and we'll say H stands for him. And then you flip it and you spell that backwards and flesh without the H backwards is self. And so you get self without him operating in the flesh. And that mindset is what helped propel me into my healing journey is I learned how to remain and stay steadfast and rely on something that was stronger than myself that could, could heal me and really lean on that understanding. But I couldn't get in my healing journey if I didn't talk about it. And just actually um, up until I think a couple of weeks ago, see, I thought I healed from this abortion. Um, like I said, it was a couple of years ago when I took that class, the surrendering a secret class in my church, there was a lot of ugly crying. There was a lot of you now emotions. I had my children grieve the death of her, their sister by drawing pictures and all that. And so I was like, okay, you know, I healed, I'm good. But then when I get asked to tell my story and talk about it, like what I was telling you about before, I could notice my heart starting to race and I start to sweat and my ears are getting red and I'm starting to shake and you know, the like panic attack. And I'm, and I'm like, I can't talk about it. And I'm like, huh, I'm not done healing yet. This is still very prevalent in my life. And there's still more that the Lord wants to take me through. So it's not just a one and done all, you know, I mean, it will, and it'll get easier. And how you know that you're really truly starting to heal is when yeah, a few times since we've talked here, I've started to tear up, but my heart's not racing. I'm not mm -hmm. feeling like I, I need to run and go throw up. I mean, I'm, there is a little, you know, but I'm saying it gets, yeah. the more you talk about it, the more you heal, the more you invest in yourself and show up through what programs that you have studied for with that. Um, I, I may say it wrong. You might have to correct me. I'm just simply going to say in layman's terms, the, the scent bring it. I haven't done it yet. It's okay. something I would like to try. Um, I've heard nothing but good things, but how you've got to bring that up and you got to bless and release it and get it out or it's going it, to, I'm a living, breathing testimony that it will follow you when you don't think it's following you. It will show up in your marriage. It will show up in how you parent your other children. It will show up how you treat people and you'll be sitting there scratching your head. I was one of those people that got offended over everything. I mean, I thought the whole world was against me, but that was because I had trauma I did not heal from. And so I was offended about everything. Now that I'm operating in a different mindset and I'm setting my mind and trying, trying to operate in the spirit instead of the, the flesh more and more, I'm healing and I'm finding it easier to deal with it. So yes, to answer your question at first, I did have to do some reliving, but there is a better side as long as you keep pushing through. Yeah. And we can never go back and change our circumstances, but we can definitely change our perspective on them. 
And, you know, you know, one of the things we talk about in my program is revealed to heal, getting to the core, to the heart of the matter. And like you said, there's all these different layers. Like you get to one, you know, people love to describe it as an onion. Um, <laughs> mine was a brick wall. I, I apparently didn't like onions. I guess we used to make a lot of sauce growing up and it just made me cry. So I, I never cried because girls weren't allowed to cry. So it's funny because words, I, I love doing word studies and I have my one word journey, but words are very powerful to me. And if I don't like the word, I'm like, no, I got to find a different word. So I don't use the onions. I use the brick wall. So if you could think of just the bricks tumbling down, like I had a six by six by six foot brick wall around me and nobody was coming in. And, you know, every time I would heal, a portion of the brick wall would fall. But ironically, I always had the cornerstone and I've known the Lord my whole entire life. I accepted Jesus Christ when I was 12 and I continuously beat myself up because how does a Christian abort babies, get drunk, yes. get into drugs? I mean, I, I was into drugs. I mean, I, I did cocaine. I did LSD. I did mushrooms. And I go back and I think about that. Like I accepted Jesus Christ as my um, savior when I was 12 years old, but 13, 14, you know, my whole teenage years, I was a hot mess. And I didn't do, I lived for the world and I thought, well, why wasn't I truly saved? Like, you know, and then I got confused about that salvation piece and I thought, well, forget it. God's a punishing God. And, you know, prior to that, I, I mean, I was molested as a child and at five years old, I told my mom and she told me I was a liar and basically mm-hmm. saw something on TV I shouldn't have, you know, back in the seventies, yeah. they didn't really monitor us too much. And I remember being five years old and stopping my foot down and saying, I'll never trust you or anyone again. And I didn't, I didn't trust anyone. And I realized in 2014, when I connected with a mentor and he had asked me, what, what does Lisa want? No one's I ever know. asked me. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever asked me what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. What do what you mean? mean? What, what do, yeah, who cares what I I'm want? I'm like, I don't know. And I, I did who I am. I, Exactly. And I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. And I sat there and I, you know, tears were streaming down my face. And I said, I I just want peace. So there's this sense of turmoil in our being. And, you know, when we receive our thoughts, I mean, in every, it doesn't matter. Like you said, it affects all of our relationships and the foundation of every relationship is trust, whether it be with wealth, health, or relationships, it doesn't matter. And people will have these, oh, I'm, you know, I'm in debt. I'm, I'm doing this. Well, get to the core matter. You keep going after all these shiny objects, trying to heal yourself. And you're ignoring the issue. The heart of the mis- issue is something that happened that you're concealing this trauma. And you had mentioned disassociative. And I'm familiar with that. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yes. Um, so basically, um, it started as early, early on in my childhood. Um, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and he was in a band. We moved around a lot. And so, um, uh, I'm actually writing a book and, um, that's something I put off for a while and, and I'm not sure the title I've had some, you know, like spiritual hunger and stuff like that. And it basically will, the book's going to bring you through, you know, there's the spiritual side on the hell side and the spiritual side on the heavenly realms. And it, and it brings you through all the, I was possessed at one time when I was younger. I mean, I was a blood sister, which that means I dabbled in witch, uh, you know, bad, dark stuff. But then the book is a book about promise and how God brought me through the other side. And now I'm, I'm witnessing actually 
a different spiritual realm operating in my life and seeing God show up um, in amazing places. And so um, what happened was my dad didn't, since he was so drunk all the time, he didn't remember raising me. He came to me when I was 20 and asked me for forgiveness that he, you know, so I basically raised myself. I was left to the elements. So my bedroom became a revolving door for people to come and do as they please as a child. And um, I remember as a child, see, my grandparents were my only stability are constant in my life. They, when I was 13, they sent me to a church camp and that's when I got introduced to the Lord. But I can remember as a child, even though my dad was an alcoholic, I was standing on the corner and begging for money and for food and stuff like that. And as a child, even with all that hurt going on and people taking advantage of me, I can remember people praying with us, but I had this urge and this pull. I wanted to pray with them too. And so what I'm getting at is when I, I, I have, I, a lot of my memories, there's still a lot that I'm working through. A lot of them's not there. And I feel like the Lord only gives me what he knows that I'm capable of handle, handling at that time. Um, and more memories will come up, but there's a few memories that I have where I was as a child, I'm laying there and I'm, I knew once again, as soon as my bedroom door opened, it was time to show time. And um, I would dissociate. I would go somewhere else. And I remember it being done and I would crawl up in a ball. And I would just beg God to make it stop. Why do you allow this to keep happening? But I felt a closeness to God that I, I know now because of the intimacy I got with God, that he was weeping with me because in Adam and Eve, that's where free will is created. When Adam and Eve had that choice, free will was created. And so that's why evils in this world happen because it gives people free wills. But as I was sitting there being abused, he was weeping with me. And we also know that he is the ultimate vindicator and he will it says in the Bible, prepare a table before our enemies. And that's what I have to focus on. The Bible verse says he'll prepare a table before our enemies. So it says the tables before, before, not behind. So that's my focus is, but I did it so much. I dissociated. I went off to protect myself from being hurt. It was a way for me to not really physically be there, I guess, or mentally, I should say I was physically there, but mentally be there. And so growing up and fast forward through my whole life, I started realizing patterns because like I said, I have a lot of memory problems, even just a few years back, you know, I'm just now starting to embrace each day as it comes and my memory is getting better because I'm staying present. But even if it was a good situation, if anything changed in any direction I went or anything, if it was, if it was unsure territory, it could be, it could be getting a new house or something. It didn't matter. It could be a positive thing. I would dissociate, I would do it without realizing I was pulling away because I was protecting myself from any more hurt, pain, or trauma. And I did it so much that quite honestly, as I mean, this is the truth though, even the birth of my own children, I dissociated through the birthing process. And I know you probably think, and how could a mother not remember? It's that's really hard. Um, the birth of their own children. But it was because I was not healed yet. Right. I, I, I wasn't relying on, 
on God to heal me. Like he only can. And I wasn't rely. I wasn't using the tools that people I could have had, like some of the things that you do, I needed to access those tools. And until I access those tools, I was going to continue in that pattern of whether I meant to do it or not. I was dissociating because that's all I knew to do. That was normal to me. Um, and let me tell you, when you start showing up and really start healing and really being present in the moment, it's quite a ride and it's pretty amazing. Um, I walking through that right now, we're, when we're talking, this is, you're at the height of me just realizing the beauty and healing and showing up and just how much God truly has, not just for you, but for me, for everybody um, and how he can use purpose in your pain. There is a purpose in your pain and that he can propel you through that somehow, some way. Yeah. And it is such a beautiful journey. And I, I just really appreciate it. You have so many stories. You're going to have to come back on here again <laughs> and share your story because it's just, and it is. And, you know, I, I thank you for just being raw and authentic and sharing your heart. And I know how difficult it was and just mentioning those things. And I know when we talk about things like that, we don't, tr- we don't, um, like what comes to mind is reliving the experience. And like you said, you disassociated with it. And I'm familiar with that. I'm a facilitator for a group called the healing journey, which I'd shared with you um, before Cindy Sherwood has a story that's unbelievable, but you know, through the Holy spirit, she created this program. She has three programs, one geared towards teens, one for women, one for men. And then she has a couple of other different stories, but um, her, um, her own story she wrote called the, the healing journey. And it's her story of what happened to her. She had this disassociative um, disorder and years oh, ago, wow. they used to mark it as um, multiple personalities. Yeah. And it actually isn't. It was just mm-hmm. a way because she, she had gone through some um, satanic ritual abuse as early as three. And in her book, she shares that it may have even been younger than that. And wow. she was abused by a babysitter and, and her, you know, just this, the memories that she had in recollection were so different than what she revealed. And I believe at 35 is when she started, she basically, you know, had this, I don't want to call it a breakdown, but that's when she knew she needed help. And, mm-hmm. you know, she went on this nine to 10 year journey and before that she shares in her, in her, in the healing journey class that um, she totally disassociated and she was strong. She never grieved. Like she lost a marriage. She lost um, relationships. She lost her job. She never grieved it properly. And, you know, then she got to this point where she was totally in the desert and felt all alone and, you know, um, and she needed to grieve it. And we don't truly ever stop grieving but our grieving experience is different. You know, like you would say, we don't cry as often. It's easier. The more we talk about it, the power of words, the power of pen and paper is so incredible for our minds to get those thoughts out and to, you know, get that a different result as we go through. I call it my head heart hand connection. And, you know, in divine heart alignment, we talk about that. Like, what are you receiving and what do you know? And, if you can get a perception and God says to give thanks in all circumstances, well, how do you go back and give thanks for such a horrible thing happening to 
a beautiful yeah. child that it shouldn't be in that position, but it happens every single day, you know, and, and we, we ignore, we brush it under the rug. We, you know, we're like the ostrich. It sticks our head down. Why, why is this ignored? Why isn't this talked about? Yes. And because people are embarrassed people like, Oh, we don't want to ruin that reputation. I remember working with a client and their 13 year old child was molesting their 10 year old daughter. And they didn't want anyone to know, well, we're going to continue to let it happen. Yeah. Well, then the 13 year old got caught doing it to a neighbor and the neighbor pressed the neighbor's mother pressed charges and the 13 year old went off to juvenile and then it came out and mm-hmm. everybody was so concerned about what the family thought. Well, what about this poor little girl who didn't ask for this? And why did yep. she feel safe enough to go to the parents? And like, where is that disconnect? Why are we so broken and, you know, that's a whole nother conversation that we get into. Both. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the reasons <laughs> yeah. I kept me from starting my book is because yeah. I am going to say specific examples. And the reason I didn't start it sooner is because of people, you know, don't want to have their story told or whatever. But what about me? This is my healing process. The story needs to get out. What they did was wrong. And if they feel any which way about that, then that's between them and God. And they, I, exactly. you know. So, but something I want to hit on real quick. You said something about, um, our body relives it. Um, I, the reason I started crying, I got like chills all of a sudden we were talking about dissociation. Sometimes the memories weren't there, but I was still reliving the pain because my physical body, I had a lot of nausea all the time. Like doctors couldn't figure out why I was nauseated, headaches, all this without me realizing it until I dealt with it. My body physically was reliving those trauma experiences. Something would set me off. And then I would hear someone on the radio or someone say something to me. And I, without me realizing it, all the next thing I know it, I feel like I'm going to throw up and I don't understand why. That's what I wanted to hit mm-hmm. on real quick. As you said that just a little bit ago about our yeah. body, we're living it. It may not be a memory that we physically can see, but my body was responding to trauma that I had not dealt with. It was reliving yeah. it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And the body does keep the score. I know a client um, that I worked with that had bladder issues um, from past trauma that, you know, came forth and she couldn't figure it out, you know, and did all the things, ate healthy and did everything else. And it was when she finally revealed um, what had happened to her, they went away. Mm. So it's incredible to grieve to heal. Well, I thank you so much for sharing your story. I encourage you to write that book. It's time. Your time is now. So just get it out there, get that title and it's it's going to touch so many lives. And I know you said that, you know, eventually you're going to work on your, you are working on yourself to heal. So eventually you could become that entrepreneur and do what it is yes. that God's calling you to do. And, um, you know, as you continue to work through this, those doors are going to open and he's just going to use you for s- such a beautiful mission. It's, it's just glorious. And I'm excited to see that journey unfold. Um, and Me just too. remember for those of you who are listening, um, you know, as Trinity says, you share the story and it gets easier. The circumstances are never going to change, but your perspective on it can. It All it takes is for you to say, yes, I need to talk about this. So if you're looking for support, lisadrennan.com. I have a beautiful program. I use aroma cognitive behavior therapy to help unlock the core, the heart of the matter so that you can heal from past mistakes, past circumstances, past trauma, whatever is you're dealing with so that you can live your best life so that you can live for a time such as this. 
and trust your intuition again. Mindset is the crux of all that we do. It's a matter of the heart. go to support Divine Timing Ministries, a safe place for courageous women healing from post-abortion. 